Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Arseholics. I'm Mize. As always, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, we'd really appreciate you supporting the channel just by smashing that thumbs up button. And if you can share us with any other gooners that you think will enjoy listening to us, we'd really appreciate it. So Nero, Aaron and Raj, how are we doing, boys? Are you over that bad, bad, bad defeat at the weekend? Yeah, the fact that Liverpool are losing 2-0 makes me feel a bit better. <laughs> they should have, uh, as I was telling the guys, they should have taken it a bit more easy against us, but they went yeah. all out against us, so they're suffering now, aren't they? Does it make you feel it's better w- or, or worse? Yeah, the fact that Real Madrid are actually worse. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it makes me <laughs> yeah, feel true. like how far we've fallen. <laughs> yeah, Like they proper battered us and now they're taking a little bit of a battering themselves against a team who aren't meant to be even very good at the moment. Like in the in in there in history and like how far we've fallen. I mean, we were battered so badly, but yeah. Anyway, anyway, today's not to talk about Liverpool. <laughs> no, no, it's not. So we are back in Europa League action on Thursday, facing Slavia Prague in the first leg of the quarterfinals at home. Um, so obviously, considering where we are in the league and and the form we've had in the league, uh, the Europa League now is absolutely massive for us. It's obviously a huge game, a huge tie. And the fact that we're at home in the first leg means, uh, you know, we absolutely need to have a, put in a convincing win, um, get the goals and set us up for the second leg uh, without having, well, basically we don't want to be going into the second leg, having to sort of try and get a, a result um, away at Prague. So just interested really to get your thoughts guys on what you think, uh, how you think the game's going to go, you know, initial thoughts on, on Prague as, as opposition, how strong you think they are? Yeah, well, this is kind of it, right? This showtime, you know, we've gone, I think we all agree that we have to, you know, go, not go all in on the Europa League, but this is our biggest chance of not only qualifying, but qualifying for Europe, right? We've actually probably got a better chance of qualifying for the Champions League than we do for the Europa League this year. <laughs> so, um, like, we know our route to the final, and it's not easy, but whereas, you know, to get top six is actually probably a bit harder now. So, yeah, it's almost like Champions League or nothing. So, yeah, we have to we have to play our best team. We have to... The games are going to be tough, but I hope we've got enough to beat them. It's fair. Our most sorry, go on. No, you go, mate. No, I was just going to say, most likely for us at this point is to end up in that other that third tier competition. I think <laughs> it's probably the, the uh, Europa Conference. Don't like, say it. Europa Conference. Say it. The most likely. Yeah, carry on, Raj. Sorry. No, do you are we? I swear we should probably dedicate an episode to that competition because I'll be honest, I don't think most people know about that competition because a lot of people I've spoken to aren't really aware of it because I don't think they've done a massive job around socialising it, right? Um, there's, but, and there's, I, there's I a reason mean, for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It just sounds <laughs> probably trying to keep it a secret, mate. Like, <laughs> don't tell, don't tell people. If you win the league cup, then you go into this competition. Then everyone's going to fucking throw the game. <laughs> yeah, just in case no one knows what we're talking about, is there is another European competition that kicks off at the start of next season. So obviously, there's Champions League, there's the Europa League, and now there's this third European competition, and the type of teams playing in this competition. I mean, mate. I mean, it will be. 
the most mental type of away days, Liechtenstein, wherever you want to go. I mean, there's hundreds of countries, I'm sure, that no one's ever been to that you'll get to, you'll get to visit if you want to go away. But it is not a competition that a, that a professional football team from the UK want to be playing in. <laughs> you, just, you just know we are going to find a way to play in this competition next season. And... It's oh, it's gonna be unbelievable. But at least uh, was it was it which one? I can't remember who said it. But it will carry on our run of being cons- consecutive years in Europe, won't it? So yeah, that's the saving grace, isn't it? Coefficient. <laughs> yeah. Coefficient. Um, so yeah. Well, let's let's hope. Obviously, that we don't get to that. Um, so, like I said, obviously, it's a massive game. Prague. It's an interesting one because I think when the draw was made, we were all all probably quite happy with Prague considering we avoided a few of the bigger teams, obviously United, Ajax, Roma. Um, But Prague have actually done all right in their knockout games, obviously knocking out Leicester. You could say Leicester maybe had one eye, one and a half eyes on the... um, on the league because they were in a good position, uh, obviously in the top four and probably prioritise. I think they did based on their team selection. You can see they prioritise the league. They've also got a knocked out Rangers, you know, really impressive Rangers this season under Steven Gerrard. So I think, um, or I hope that, and I don't know what you guys think about this, that we don't come into this game uh, or at least start the game how we have in a few other games, especially the Liverpool one, um, just not kind of on it and coming into the game starting really really slow because they do seem like a bit of a dangerous team i get the impression that they're kind of just having a really good run in the competition as opposed to actually being a good team i don't know if that makes any sense i i I guess what i'm saying is there are times where where a team legitimately may just be a very average side but but they they manage to get through the groups and then momentum almost takes you forward. You, you, you've got that kind of good feeling about you and, you know, you're going in with that extra spring in your step. And when I look at the, the knockout games, like I think that it's one of those that they were fortunate to play Leicester when they played Leicester. I think with Rangers, it's a bit weird because the SPL is just so strange to understand in terms of, <laughs> you know, your, your actual quality. I mean, like, you know, Rangers have won, for example, you know, Rangers have won the league at a canter, right? But, you know, if you look at some of the top performing players in, the, the majority of the top performing players in the SPL, they actually play for Celtic in terms of like goal scored, assists, all that kind of stuff. Anyway, I, I guess that's by the point. I, I just, I wonder, and maybe I'm being harsh on Prague, like I wonder whether they've just, had a fairly fairly fortunate run in the cup um and i'm really hoping that we bring them down to earth like we we really 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 should be making short work of a team like prague and i, and I don't think that's being disrespectful i think that's just a case of the sheer quality at which you have to play in the premier league every week the sheer fact that this is the biggest competition for us by far mm-hmm. but you know, from that from that same point would you not argue if, if you were their manager you'd say probably the best time to be playing arsenal as well you know, sort of coming yeah. back from a coming coming from a three 0 defeat, our form hasn't been great either. Um, you know, we just about got past Benfica. Um, so, like 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 you're saying, this is a cup competition, and sort of quality sometimes sort of goes out the window when it comes to this. You know, these kind of games, uh, especially when the the pressure is on. And you know, this season we've shown more more often than not that we can't play well under the pressure. So. If you know, if I was their manager, I would be pumping the the, the guys up, um, thinking, yeah, we can go at Arsenal right now. They've just come out of a from a three 0 defeat. 
Um, at the same time with Arteta as well. If I was Arteta coming coming from a defeat, he's probably pissed off with the team, and it would have rallied them up a lot more to then go for it at the, from the beginning against uh, Slavia Prague on Thursday. So it's coming from a defeat could it could it could be a blessing in a way that we don't take this game um, too lightly or get too complacent yeah. from the beginning. It's it's hard not to talk in like cliches for this game because you know what I want to say is like if we turn up and we play like the big team over two legs we should win um and it's this whole like complex that we have but we're often so sometimes so afraid to like assert ourselves on a game especially against some of the smaller teams where you know if we do respect them a bit too much then there's a there's a chance that we could sit back and almost give them a go at our defence and our defence isn't good enough to keep them out. I think they scored quite a few goals over two legs uh, against Rangers and Leicester as well. So they've clearly got goals in them. We should, I I really hope we play like a big team and take the game to them. And I'm hoping Smith Rowe and Saka will play and actually we can turn up with a cohesive attacking performance. And if we do, I'm fairly confident we'll go through, but you just know we're going to make it difficult for ourselves somehow. So, Let's see what new unique way we find to make it difficult for us. Yeah, I think as you I think both their I think both their centre backs are out as well. So they've got like a young centre back playing, and then potentially one of their left backs playing in the in this you know, centre back position as well. So there's there's no reason why we should not just go from it from the. I know we said the same thing when we played Liverpool, but yeah. learn from that and just you got an inexperienced centre back and a left back playing centre back. They score goals, but at the same time, they leaked quite a lot of goals as well, didn't they, against uh, Rangers? So, like, I would use that as a, I'll, if I was Arteta, I would sort of bear that in mind and just just go for it from the beginning. Like, don't hold back. Yeah, now, Aaron, and you mentioned about kind of um, our team, uh, who who you hope will be playing. So, obviously, we've kind of got from, I think, just before the international break, we pretty much had a fully fit squad um, and obviously the Liverpool game we were missing quite a few key players um, now we know Louise is going to be out for a few weeks I don't think there's been any news on Tierney yet but let's assume he's out as well um, Charles Watts two weeks apparently I think oh, it was two think weeks okay somewhere there he's missing both legs but that was okay. um, so I think uh, so Nira I, d- I don't know what time you read that but there was stuff that was going around and the stuff that was going around still wasn't actually based on any news from the club it was still people kind of saying from the type of injury that he sustained you would guess that that's how long it's out for Okay. Do you know right. what I mean? So I, I, just, I don't think the club have actually said anything. But if it was good news, surely they would have said it by now, right? Or Maybe. Allegedly, yeah. they had some scans and they were waiting for the feedback of those scans. I think I think two weeks would be good news, wouldn't it? Considering it, yeah. it's yeah, yeah. ligament yeah, damage. Yeah. Two weeks is probably good because it means he's not missing the rest of the season. But yeah, I mean, so, okay, we assume... It might not, or, it might not be a season after two weeks. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's true yeah. as well. Um, so Tierney, let's assume he's out. Um Charles Watts tweeted that um, Saka, Granite Xhaka and Smith-Rowe were all training today, which is obviously a massive boost. Um, especially the, the, well, I'd say all of them, to be honest. But I just wanted to touch on, uh, before we talk about how big a Miss Tierney is going to be, potentially for a few weeks, I wanted to touch on um, Saka and ESR because I don't know if you guys saw the analysis, um, Jamie Redknapp, uh, sorry, Jamie Redknapp, Gary Neville and um, Carragher did on the game uh, from Saturday, the Liverpool game. Uh, and they talked a lot about the front four. Well, the front three, really, um, that started Pepe, Lacazette and Aubameyang. And they were pretty 
brutal with their assessment of those three players, um, the effort that they put in, and a, a number of a number of aspects really of the game. You know, pressing, closing down, um, not really making any runs, and a number of things. And obviously, we we've been able to see what ESR and Saka have brought to the team. It's basically basically been the complete opposite. Um, like I said, I don't know if you guys saw the saw the um, analysis they did of the guys that started, the front players that started against Liverpool. But what were your what were your thoughts on that? Yeah, I saw I'm, it. I'm hoping that you've seen it so you can talk yeah, about it. Yeah, I, I saw it. It was <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was it was very harsh and very direct. And you know, when I first watched it, I was like, "That's that seems pretty fair." But then the more I thought about the Liverpool game and how annoyed I was after it, you know. If you look at the players that we had out, um, we had Saka out, we had Smithrow out, we had Jacker out, we had David Luiz out, we had Tierney out for the second half. And then we were also playing, you know, Callum Chambers potentially out of position. I know Bellerin and Suarez were available, but, you know, that's probably six players who, six non-first team players in the squad. So it was quite far away from our best 11 and I wonder how much Arteta had to compromise the tactics and the system to accommodate the the players that were out and how much you know we did end up playing Aubameyang on the left and Lacazette was in the middle and Pepe was on the right yes you could definitely agree that despite the setbacks though that front three should be doing more to travel Liverpool but I wonder if how much of that was a deliberate tactical decision and how much was actually, look, I don't fancy William on the left. I'd rather play um, Lacazette and Aubameyang together rather than having to pick and play William on the left. Um, so, yeah, it, I think this Thursday will tell us a lot more about how Arteta sees Aubameyang in this team, where Arteta sees Lacazette in this team. Because if he really does see the, those three playing together as a choice rather than a compromise, then it's the warning bells will be ringing in my head. I think it'd be quite nice to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, like, like I, I, I get the sentiment because I think that any team, if you have, you know, if you take five four to six players out of a starting 11 then just from a kind of cohesion thing it's definitely going to make an impact and we basically ripped out the spine as well right like to, to a certain extent ripped out you know elements of the spine at least um uh, uh, but i think like there's very few clubs if any clubs that are in these weird situations where you've effectively got a bunch of young players who have become first name on the team sheet and then you've got people who are warming the bench who in theory should be the they should on paper be the starters, right? You know, a bunch of 50, 60 million pound players or whatever. And and as a result of that, I think it's not really about losing to Liverpool that I think ends up being the issue. It's about the manner at which we lost and the manner at which those players that came in just weren't able to impact the game in any kind of positive way against a team that this isn't the Liverpool that we played at the beginning of the season. Like it's not the Liverpool of last season. And I think it's more around the manner of that and how you'd expect Aubameyang and, and Laka and Pepe to do something amongst themselves to, to have some kind of impact or footprint on the game. Um, which they just, which they just didn't at all. Like, yeah, and, yeah, and I, I, I think maybe that's it. Right. I think my point is that I learned more on the game was on Saturday, right? I learned more about 
Uh, I've learned more about the specific players on Saturday than I did about Arsenal as a team Yeah, on Saturday. Okay. Um, I think, and I hope, and I've seen enough from um, our post-Christmas kind of Christmas form to suggest that we are building something well. And that's when I see like, uh, like a lot of trolls on social media criticise Arteta and people question Arteta. I'm not really worried yet to see that as a warning sign. Where I am concerned is... Actually, look, Aubameyang should be doing far more, even if he is playing out of mm. position. Lacazette and Pepe should be doing more. Ceballos should be doing more. Holding um, and Gabriel should be doing more. And I think a lot of things went wrong, but I don't think it's a longer-term cause for concern unless we see the same mistakes repeated again on Thursday. How long do you give before... As in, what is your... Do we give... As in... At what stage do you then start saying it's not a growing, you know, it's not a development stage, it's, we're not, you know, through the, going through the, you know, the cycle. At what stage do you call it and say, it's just, you know, too many mistakes have been done now. It's like every game there's like, you know, a silly mistake or uh, when do you, What's, when do you say we're not, yeah, we're not at the, yeah. So uh, for I, mean, me, I, was I think it's, go on. sorry, go on, no, sorry, go on, no, no, go on, no, no, go on, go on, go on. If we had played Saka, if we had played Smith-Rowe, if we had played Jacka, and we'd thrown out that performance that we did on Saturday, I would be really, really concerned for Arteta, and I'd be really concerned for the tactics and the way he's coaching. I, I almost think the injuries... I don't want to say give him an excuse or a place to hide, but I think Arteta has shown that he is willing to play and has realised that Smith-Rowe, Saka especially those two, are very key for us doing well going forward. And Lacazette can't really be relied upon. Um, Pepe can't really be relied upon. Aubameyang out, on, out left can't really be relied upon. So I think if he had played those front th- the front three of choice and we were still churning out such a bad performance, if they play on Thursday and we play as badly as we did against Liverpool, I would be very concerned. But I think I've seen enough from the front three that you know, our first choice front three to suggest that actually I don't want to say it's a one-off but it's a personnel problem that we can fix rather than a team or manager problem yeah but then let's same sort of again <clears throat> West Ham first half as well right the players came out and it was pretty much that first team that play that you're talking mm. about and they weren't apparently they didn't they weren't following Arteta's instructions you know like which I don't you know, I, I, I'm still confused by that statement. <laughs> but honestly, uh, they said it a couple Abbey, of times. Saka and Aubameyang as well, right? Mm. Wasn't it? Was it Abbey, Saka didn't uh, start that game, did he? No, Saka didn't start. He came off. No. There's a couple of players, whoever gave the post-match interview said, yeah, we're disappointed. It's our fault. So we didn't follow the instructions Lacko, of the manager. Yeah. I think it was Lacko. Lacko. Said Lacko. Yeah. It's, it's so interesting because there's two, well, two... Never heard that before. Because there's two things there. Because like one, it's a really interesting point because... Uh, there's been at least two other times this season that I recall our players saying very similar things. And that's quite unusual. I can't remember many occasions where I've seen players lose a game or or play badly and, and in interviews kind of go, we didn't do what the manager told us to do. It's it's kind of weird. Like, But for Arsenal, it's happened a few times this season because it, it, it specifically, I remember, happened when we played against Man City. And, uh, you know, as well, and I think Kieran Tierney said that we didn't do what the manager had asked us to do. I think David Luiz had once said it before. The manager, we didn't do what the manager asked oh. us to do. And, and in that, that's such a weird thing to say because it feels like they're defending Arteta. It feels like they know that he said, you know, 
but then what do they say? Are they, you know, if, if what, saying it once is fine, saying it twice, okay. And the, but the more you say, it, I mean, you the just sound like a bunch it. of idiots. That's the thing, like, exactly. Yeah. And, well, and for, so it looks bad on him as well. It's like, why aren't you getting through? Why aren't you getting that yeah. through to your players? Your instructions. It looks bad on him as well. Yeah, but my concern is actually kind of what Aaron is saying is that. So I, I don't necessarily think it's that much of a pervasive problem. I, because, and I agree with you, Aaron. And like, I think if we had played our first team. And it's weird to say that our first team don't have some of those players, by the way. But, you know, mm-hmm. if we played that and, and and if it still was a car crash, then fine. It's it's a massive, massive concern. I get that. But there's something that Gary Neville said, which is a concern, is, you know, how Gary Neville made that comment where he says, look, it feels like there's almost like a little mafia. And I think he's referring to Ober, Laka and Pepe, um, almost acting like they're at odds with the manager. Um, and... A bit of a concern there for me is like when when a manager loses the dressing room, that's one thing. So often a manager loses the dressing room and, and the chairman and the board, they spot that and they make a decision, right? There's also like this almost point in between where some players might kind of go, we've got a chance of outlasting the manager here. Like, and I'm worried that that is happening with some of these players like and I mean more those senior players I wonder whether they're looking at it and going it's either him or us like if Arteta stays next season he's probably going to get rid of us or at least you know two a few of us but our best chance therefore for staying at this club is getting him sacked and maybe I'm being over the top but you know I think that when you're talking about their careers when you're talking about you know the protection of their careers they won't want to look like the scapegoat they'll they'll want to make the manager a scapegoat right but but that didn't really work out for Ozil, Mustafi, Socrates, Kolasinic right pretty much what you described there happened six months to a year ago with those guys and they they were all out of the door and I think well they outlasted Emery though they outlasted Emery yeah but Arteta took no shit right he took no prisoners he just he was like they're all out so I can I, imagine, and the way he dropped Aubameyang for coming late and stuff, I, like, I don't think I don't think Arteta is scared of. I think I think what you said is potentially right, but I don't think he's. I think he he feels the board will back him if it comes down to that. Yeah, I'm not sure I agree with what Gary Neville said. To be honest, I know I I didn't really get any vibes that that front three had fallen out. I just think they played really badly, and they knew they played really badly, and rightfully they they're feeling the pressure because. They have to perform. They are the senior players. And like you said, Raj, it's a bit of a joke that they've fallen behind uh, you know, two players who are like 19 and 20 or something like that. So mm. I think they're just embarrassed, to be honest, rather than rather than anything more kind of negative mm. than that. Again, that's sort of lazy punditry as well, isn't it? It's just, you know, you pick someone who was dropped against West Ham and then couple of players who you know are not starting for Arsenal as they as they were start of the season so it's just like you could you could say you could make that story up about any any club really can't you so it's just a bit lazy I think yeah I mean yeah it it was you could probably look at it both ways I mean I felt like some of the stuff that Gary Neville was saying as he was saying it and he has a quite a convincing way of putting his points across, um, and obviously they they play the footage back from the game. Um, you could see some of the things he was he was saying that were true. Like um, there was, a, I think there was a, a a clip where they showed where Callum Chambers had 
well, no, sorry, I can't remember who had the ball, but Callum Chambers was like right behind Nicolas Pepe. Pepe wasn't putting any yeah. pressure on the Liverpool play. It might have been, I can't remember who it was, it might have been Robinson who, had, Robinson who had the ball. And he's, and you can see Chambers directing him, telling him, um, and Pepe just doesn't do anything, you know. Um, there's a few examples like that, but yeah, maybe, maybe it was a bit over the top to suggest there's a there's a, a mafia or a clique forming in the team. But I guess you don't know. You don't know with that reaction that Aubameyang might have had to being dropped for being late for the North London derby. Um, mm. You don't really know. You know, we know that he's good pals with Lacazette. You know he's good pals with Pepe. So who knows? Yeah, it's an interesting one to see what happens. Um, just on Arteta then, because you guys were talking about kind of the, the problems that we've been having, the, the, the performance on Saturday, um, you know, I'm just interested to, to see really or get your thoughts on if if the worst happens over the next kind of week or so and we don't get past Prague, um, do you think do you think Arteta should go? So basically, let's say we fail in the Europa League at this stage, at the quarter, the quarterfinal stage. Do you think that it's a failure on Arteta's part and then his job's on the line? No, not not yet. And like, let's let's and I say this assuming we have our better players. So let's assume that Saka and Smithrow play and Jack is back in the team. I think even then, I think there are. You know, we we're on this journey as a team, and we can see things are undoubtedly getting better. You know, but of course, you have to draw the line and say, look. Um, a manager does need to also get results in the short term as well as the, the long term. And I, I think it's a balancing act. If <laughs> It's tough and I can see why. And I think the claims from some of the Arteta out people will, will grow louder. But personally, I think you have to give him... This season has been all sorts of crazy. The pandemic has kind of messed up a lot of transfer plans. He's had a lot of headwinds at the start with fixing a, a squad that it was bloated, expensive, overpaid. And yeah, there have been some mistakes. I think Willian was a mistake, potentially giving Aubameyang a massive contract and then not using him to his full potential might turn out to be a very expensive mistake. But I think he needs this summer to show what we can do. Um, however, if, for example, this time next season, we go out of the Europa League, and let's hope we're in it, and we go out of the Europa League, or we're languishing around 10th place in the league, it's a very different different conversation. But I still think he needs time to find and show his worth. Yeah, I, I, I second that. Um, I can, I think, oh yeah, I'm not a fan of chopping and changing managers so frequently. Um, I think, let's, let's, you can, like I said, you can, we've, you've seen improvements in certain areas. It's just the consistency of, you know, putting it back to back performances. And um, I think that will sort of come with time. Um, I can sort of understand the, you know, the Arteta out sort of side as well. Even like, you know, <clears throat> the annoying thing is now we're talking about Smith-Rowe and Saka, or mainly Smith-Rowe, and he's only in the team because of luck in a way, because, you know, William was injured and like, you know, if that and the fact that Arteta persisted to, to keep playing that initial front three for a long time and then, just by, you know, through injury, Smithrow came in and sort of, you know, changed the fortunes of the club a bit as well. It's, you can't really put that down to him. It's more luck, which is a bit frustrating. Like, um, and yeah, just sort of certain ways, how he's with like players and stuff, um, you know, like 
again, the way he reacted with Gunduzi is, you know, maybe at the time it was, you know, some people thought he overreacted, some people thought, you know, he's making a stand. But I think his strict method, like how he did with the Bamiyang, it can be good. But at the same time, you can imagine people then, players getting pissed off, players revolting, you know, with the with such a, you know, strict regime going on there. Um, and, you know, that could be a reason why in the long term it might not work out. Um, but I think it's just, yeah, it all depends on whether the players buy into his method, which is quite different or not. Uh, and I think, yeah, time will tell. Um, give him, uh, I think, I agree with Aaron, and if it's this time next year, if we're languishing the same position and we don't really see any improvement from this, from where we are now, then, yeah, it'll be a different conversation. Yeah, um, I concur with all that. I think if if for whatever reason, okay, fine, so let's say if we got knocked out by Prague and let's just say we completely car crashed like even in the premier league games that remain and it's just all goes to pot then there's probably a you know a concern the board clearly will have to recognize that there's been a a real disconnect so he'd have lost the dressing room you know whatever and and they've got a big decision to make but i think the one thing that we all have agreed for a long time is the squad has needed a fundamental change right it's needed a fundamental um uh, refurbishment and it feels like we're about 50 to 60 percent of the way there there's a lot that's been done but there's still some way to go and so my concern really would be it doesn't matter what manager you have you still got to do all those things and the players that have been brought in under the Arteta Edu kind of era for me overall they've got it right I, you know, I like the players that they've got brought in, and it's so. So on on that basis, I I basically just agree with with you guys completely. I think that more or less, again, unless it's a complete crash, then I think that um, he should absolutely have next season and the windows, you know, associated with that to um to to to, to make a difference at Arsenal. I also think like, you know. <laughs> we're going to be fans for many many years. We have been fans for many many years, and. Sometimes I think it's worth putting that into context that always almost expecting kind of immediate success or whatever, like there's something about doing things in a classy way and doing things in a way that feels right about your club. And I think when I look at Arteta, I look at someone who clearly loves the club, clearly identifies with the club, clearly has a type of philosophy. Yeah, okay, it might not work in the end, but I think there's a number of reasons why a club like ours where we are right now should probably just stick with it and as fans i think we just need to support that you know so, he's got a uh, first 50 games he's got a worse record than what wenger and emery had yeah, just rang it out there i'm not yeah I'm, so so i just wanted to ask so i mean i me personally my my view on it is i i agree with you guys and you guys make pretty compelling arguments um for why he, he should remain. I mean, just sort of playing devil's advocate and not to talk about this for too long, but just playing devil's advocate. I mean, we've been, we've been awful in the league this season, right? And there are various reasons for that, Aaron, and you touched on it. You know, it's been one of those seasons, but ultimately we've been pretty poor in the league and very inconsistent. And the Europa League has pretty much kind of carried our season. You know, the fact that we've been progressing and we're still in it. Um, and if we, if we do go out in this tie... It's Prague at the end of the day, right? It's not we're going we're not going out to United or one of the better teams in, in the competition, Ajax, Roma. We're going out to like you guys said earlier, right? If we turn up, we win. Um there's not really there's there's not too many questions about it. It's not really a question of how good Prague are. It's if we turn up, we we win and we go through. So obviously if that doesn't happen, something's gone wrong somewhere, whether it's another repeat performance of 
Liverpool, um, or similar to the performance we put in at Liverpool, whether Arteta sets the team up wrong, something's gone wrong somewhere. And I just, like I said, I'm just playing devil's advocate, really, and, and sort of almost thinking about why people might be questioning Arteta's future is, you know, this a kind of kind of tie that there's absolutely no way we should be going out in. So, yeah, I mean, you guys seem pretty, pretty confident that even if we do go out, he'll still get the time to you know, build the squad, um, mold the team into what he wants it to be, etc. But I I wonder, I don't know, I wonder what will happen uh if if we if we do go out. Yeah, I what do you, I just because of the opposition as well, you know. Yeah, yeah, there will be. Yeah. And I think that's fair. But who do you think like because the board will obviously think that if you do sack him Let's say, you know, he loses to Prague and you sack him at this point in the season. I, like, who, who are you going to bring in at this point in the season? Maybe, maybe, maybe at the end of the season, maybe he just runs his, run, you know, runs to the end of the season. I don't know. I'm, I don't think they will. And yeah. it seems like it's a long-term project, right? Like everything indicates that it's a long-term project. They're obviously backing him in the transfer window, all that kind of stuff. So um, I, I just find, yeah, I mean, like I said, it's more of a devil's advocate kind of thing. Um it will be worrying if we if we don't get through Prague. And I think, like you said, yeah. Aaron, and there will have to be major, major questions asked considering we're nowhere in the league. We're nowhere in the league. We're not... Yeah. I think my view on this is, look, we, we all hopefully, at least, accept that whilst the team is also work, a work in progress, the manager is also a work in progress. Mm. And yeah. he is going to make mistakes compared to... And probably more mistakes than a, a Carlo Ancelotti type. But the reason we go with someone like Arteta is that the ceiling that he will reach will eventually be higher. Um, mm-hmm. And that if t- in two or three years' time, given Arteta shares the values of the club, the Raj says, given that he, at least on paper, is a very strong tactical you know, upbringing or managerial philosophy, having spent time under Wenger and having spent time under Pep, the idea is that he could eventually get to a position where he could be a very, very you know, top-class manager. Um, and, you know, the question is, is he showing enough to kind of convince us that he is on the right trajectory to becoming a world-class manager? Um, and are those blips that he gets wrong, like Liverpool, like potentially getting tactics wrong early in the season, like maybe not sticking with Lacazette and Aubameyang so early on in the season and not ditching them? Um are we willing to excuse those mistakes for what will hopefully be a a rewarding payoff at the end? Well, it's a big assumption there, right? There'll be a yeah. rewarding payoff. But, like, but I think that's, that's think, the assumption think we have we'll, to work with, right? But like, say, for example, do you think we we might look at the, like the Chelsea model right now? You know, same similar situation, start of the season, they backed an ex-player, ex you know, who, who you know, did a pretty decent job last season, got them into top four. Um, and then, yeah, wasn't producing results straight away. Obviously, Chelsea are a bit more, you know, they they yeah they react a lot more quicker than we do, probably a bit too quick. But you know, they they got rid of Lampard. They brought in someone with a bit more experience, and you know, results have been a bit more, a uh, bit more positive for them. I'm not saying we should do that, but do you reckon when we are struggling so much that the model of going with a ex player is or getting someone proven they might. I think it works for Chelsea, mate, because personally, my opinion is I think it works for Chelsea because they're willing to dip their hands in the in the kitty 
pretty much every summer unless they've got a ban they're, they're, and, and they're really looking for a return on investment constantly and they're effectively doing the same model as what Real Madrid and Barcelona had done like in years in the past where effectively it's about saying you know yes we want success here and now and we are constantly kind of we're constantly buying good players we are constantly investing in the squad and they're not really looking for a development plan mm. um, it, it, it's not really about that and so I think that does work for them I don't think it would work for us and I think that it's almost we, we hired a coach after Wenger who on paper for his age had won so many trophies in different countries. There's hardly any managers that can compare to Unai Emery at his age for the amount that he had won. So we did kind of go out to the market and get, you know, a tried and tested coach in theory. Um, and it and it didn't work. And and, and I know you made the did point about his first, in, well, you made yeah. I was what, about to say you made the what, point about his first fifty games getting more points than what like Arteta had got. But then if you look at like I guess where we ended up, I didn't think in a technical direction we went very far. I wasn't impressed with how Emery was playing football. I didn't think that you know we were inspiring in any way. But at least now with Arteta, I know that we we hate losing to Liverpool like this. And we've hated that, you know, that spell of games that we had, particularly kind of, you know, at that period at the beginning, at the end of last year. But when you look at how we've beaten some of these bigger teams, the way that we're able to go to toe to toe in some of those games and and technically like the way we've been setting up defensively, these are all things yeah. that I didn't think that we were doing on Emery. So I think my only contest to what you're saying, mate, and at the end of the day, I may be proved wrong, all the Arteta in crowd may be proved wrong, is that I think the technical direction that we're going in is superior and has a higher ceiling than the comparable periods that people are making of Wenger's last 50 games and and, and Emery's, Emery's mm. first 50 games. Um, but, you know, maybe I'm being just like overly optimistic. But I do think there's also this point that really differentiates the Arteta out crowd and Arteta in crowd which is this mentality of whether we should be a club that's willing to grow with a manager. Like Aaron had made the point that, that, that Arteta is growing as well. And I like that as a, as a, my, my own personal opinion is I don't mind going on that journey, but there's a lot of fans. I'm not saying they're wrong. There's a lot of fans that say we are not a club that should be growing with a manager. Yeah. You know? Mm. So I guess it's no right answer, I suppose. Mm. Yeah. I think let's be like, for example, if there was a realistic chance of us getting a, a Pep Guardiola this summer, I think there's a strong argument to say you sack Arteta and take it. But mm. I also I think this is defined by options as well. Um, realistically, how much better are we going to do with this squad and this bunch of players by getting rid of the manager this summer, knowing who's available and who we can, A, afford and who will come to us, All right. I think, given the circumstances, I think that's why uh, a rookie manager who ha who could potentially be world class is far more likely to yield us success than gambling again on someone with who also then have to be a gamble on potential. What would you so say so this time next season? What would be a in our journey? What would be a successful season? For you think for him to for you guys to say you know what he's grown enough he's developed enough he's shown enough improvement for you what what is that threshold personally for me I would expect us to be within the top six not too far off top four this time next season assuming we yeah. do the business in summer and you know with a squad that is significantly playing with an identity that understands what we are doing and it's just a case of 
um, going game by game. Yeah, I'd be personally disappointed if we didn't finish in the top four next season, because I think that, you know, the staff would have had enough windows. I think, you know, Arteta would have had time. I'm not saying that if he finished fifth, I think he should be sacked. But I think that, you know, he he should be finishing top four next season. I think we, we have, a, have a right, I think, as fans to expect it, giving a coach time and investing in the coach's ideas. Um, I, I think we're going to be miles away from City. Yeah, like at the end of the day, I don't, I don't really see how we can compete with something like the City model. Um, for I think it's going to take a little while. Yeah, for that we're going to have to pull some Liverpool-like maneuvers, and yeah, like we'll see. But I think top four next season has got to be something that Arteta has to be kind of aiming for. Yeah, and the reason I say top four, like fifth, is probably a bit more realistic. Is it depends on what the other teams do as well, and. Let's be realistic. City, Liverpool, Chelsea and Manchester United can all outspend us and mm. build a much bigger team. And if they all play to potential, then top four is hard. Um, whereas this season, I actually think a lot of those teams didn't really play to potential and everyone's been quite rubbish outside of City and maybe Man United. Um, so it's a bit frustrating that I kind of wish the other teams were... Like, I don't... I don't think the other teams will continue to be as bad as they have been over the last couple of years. What you, okay. What do you reckon? Uh, yeah, I pretty much agree with what Aaron and said. I think we really should be pushing for top six. There needs to be signs of progression. Um, you know, another 12 months is quite a long time in football. Um, like you said, there's another two transfer windows, uh, another a year to kind of, mold the squad, you know, get rid of the plays he doesn't want to, raise fun, raise funds from those plays he doesn't want to keep, you know, make decisions on people like Gunduzi, Torreira, you know, all the question marks that we've got in the squad. You'd like to think, hopefully, even though we are in the middle of a kind of COVID hit market, we can still get some money for those players if they haven't got a future in. Um, yeah, he'll, he'll be what? In a year's time, he'll be what? Kind of almost two and a half years in? Mm-hmm. You know, you, you expect to see... Windows. Sorry? Yeah, four or five. Yeah, yeah, four yeah. five windows. Yeah, yeah. So I'd expect to see some. I mean, it's all about the league. I think you know, like I said, the Europa League's carried our season a bit. As soon as we go out of that, if that happens, it changes the look of the season completely, right? So um, next season, the the league needs to be. Uh, we need to be much, much better and much more consistent in the league. Uh, that's my expectation. Um, all right, guys. Well. I think uh, we may as well go around and get predictions for the game on Thursday. Uh, Nero, how do you think it's going to go? I'll say 2-2. Two, two. There'll be loads of goals in the game. but So a bad result. Be a cage, I think it'll be a cagey game. Yeah. It's not, not overly confident at the moment, so I'll say 2-2. Two, two. Okay. Aaron then. I'm going to be really optimistic. I will go 4-1 Arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> I knew he was laughing. <laughs> no, I wish it is, but I hope, I hope you're right. <laughs> like one of these days, like I predicted we wouldn't beat Liverpool, and that was so wrong. So, um, if, if I was the only one who predicted we would lose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. If Saka plays, if Smith Rowe plays, if Jacka plays then, yeah, 4-1. If they don't play, then who knows? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I can't, I can't, I can't accept. I, I know Prague have had a good run. I know we've just got battered by Liverpool. I can't accept anything apart from a win. I do think we'll be cagey because we've got everything to lose. They're the underdog. Mm. They're going to have some fun, right? Like, this is a good fun ride for them. Um, but 
I'm going to go with 3-1 to Arsenal. Um, I do think we'll concede, like, unfortunately, yeah. but, I, but I'm going to go 3-1 to Arsenal. So I was going to say 3-1 as well. I thought we'd concede too, but I'll I'll go 2-1 then, Think um, um, just to be different, I guess. And Dortmund have just scored against City. Liverpool oh. 3-1. Well. Yeah, so I'll go 2-1 then. Yeah, I think I think we'll get a win, but um, not as convincing as it should be and then all to play for in the second leg. And just out of interest then, do you guys think we're going to go through before we kick off the first leg? Do you, what are your thoughts on, do you think we'll get through to the semis? I think so. I think we will. We should. I pray we do. On because the content. I don't want to do podcast after we've gone out. Yeah. <laughs> we've got no excuse. Otherwise, like, no. We've got no excuse, have we, guys? Yeah. But if no, we go no. out, then no, that's no. probably the last uh, last podcast for the season, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> season's let's just done shut after it. that. We should just shut it down. <laughs> we also were so lucky as well. The other point is, like, we're, we're lucky. Like, our fixtures in between, we've got Sheffield United and we've got Fulham afterwards. Mm. right those are the games like so we got look and if we're not really focusing on anything on the league anyway like you know we, we mm, exactly there's no excuses there's nothing like we've just we've just got to like stop making excuses and just beat the teams we're supposed to bloody beat and mm. prague as a team we're supposed to beat right do you remember the days we're smashing them six nil or whatever right that was <laughs> yeah. some of the players some of the players you know <laughs> that played in those games in theory wouldn't get in our team now but you know, yeah. it doesn't make any sense, does it? So, you know, we've got to do it. Yeah, we've got a favourable draw, as in, I hope that I don't eat those words, but our, our run to the final is the most favourable it could have been. Could have been a lot yeah. worse. So we need to just take advantage of this. Hmm. Completely agree. All right, guys. No, good chat. Thanks very much again. And if you've watched to the end, yeah, cheers for that. Thank you for tuning in. And uh, we will see you next time after the Prague game. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.